0: hello my name is isaac and today i will be reading percy jackson and the last olympian uh, the continuation of chapter 16 um without further ado let's get on with the chapter the hephaestus cabin was out of greek fire the apollo cabin and the hunters were scourging for hours arrows Most of us had already ingested so much ambrosia and nectar we didn't dare take any more. We had 16 campers, 15 hunters, and half a dozen satyrs left in fighting shape. The rest had taken refuge at Olympus. The party ponies tried to form ranks, but they staggered and giggled, and they smelled like root beer. The Texans were headbutting the Coloradians. The Missouri branch was arguing with Illinois. The chances were pretty good the whole army would end up fighting each other, rather than the enemy. Kyron trotted up with Rachel on his back. I felt a twinge of annoyance because Kyron rarely gave anyone a ride, and never a mortal. Your friend here has some s- uh, useful insights, Percy, he said. Rachel blushed. It's just things I saw in my head. A dracon, Kyron said. A Lydia dracon, to be exact. The oldest and most most dangerous kind. I stared at her. How did you know that? I'm not sure, Rachel admitted, but this Dracon has a particular fate. It can only be killed by a child of a Ares. Annabeth crossed her arms. How can you possibly know that? I just saw it. I can't explain. Well, let's hope you're wrong, I said, because we're a little short on children of Ares. Horrible thought occurred to me, and I cursed an ancient Greek. What? Annabeth asked. The spy, I told her. Cronos said, we know they cannot beat this Dracon. The spy has been keeping him updated. Kronos knows the Ares cabin isn't with us. He's intentionally picking a monster we can't kill, Thalia scowled. If I ever catch your spy, he's going to be very sorry. Maybe we should send another message to camp. I've already done it, Kyron said. Blackjack is on his way, but if Selina wasn't able to convince Clarice, I doubt Blackjack will be able. A roar shook the ground. It sounded very close. Rachel, I said, get inside the building. I want to say, stay. The shadow bolted out of the sun. Across the street, the dracon slithered down the side of a skyscraper. It soared and a thousand, it roared and a thousand windows shattered. On second thoughts, Rachel said in a small voice, I'll be inside. Let me explain. There are dragons and then there are dracons. Dracons are several millennia older than dragons and much, much, much larger. They look like giant serpents. Most don't have wings, but don't, most don't breathe fire. Although some of them them do. All are poisonous. All are immensely strong with scales harder than titanium. Their eyes can paralyze you. Not the turn you to stone Medusa type paralysis, but the oh my god that big snake is going to eat me type of paralysis. Which is just as bad. You have dragon fighting classes at camp, but there's no way to prepare yourself for a 50-meter-long serpent as thick as a school bus slithering down the side of a building, its yellow eyes like searchlights and its mouth full of razor-sharp teeth being big enough to chew elephants. It almost made me long for the flying pig. Meanwhile, the enemy advanced down Fifth Avenue. We'd done our best to push cars out of the way to keep the mortals safe, but that just made it easier for our enemies to push to approach. The party ponies swished their tails nervously. Kyron galloped up and down the ranks, shouting encouragement to stand tough and think about victory and root beer, but I figured any second they would panic and run. I'll take the Drakon. My voice came out as a timid squeak. Then I yelled louder, I'll take the Drakon. Everyone else, hold a line against the army. Annabeth stood next to me. She had pulled her owl helmet low over her face, but I could tell her eyes were red. Will you help me? I asked her. That's what I do, she said miserably. I help my friends. Felt like a complete jerk. I wanted to pull her aside and explain that I didn't mean for Rachel to be here. That, wasn't, that it wasn't my idea, but we had no time. Go invisible, I said. Look for weak, weak links in its armor while I keep it busy. Just be careful. I whistled. Mrs. O'Leary, heal! Roof! My hellhound leaped over a line of centaurs and gave me a kiss that smelled suspiciously, suspiciously of pepperoni pizza. I drew my sword, and we charged the monster. The dracon was three stories above us, slithering sideways along the building, and it sized up our forces. Wherever, wherever it looked, centaurs froze in fear. From the north, the enemy army crashed into the party ponies, and our lines broke. The dracon slashed out, swallowing three Californian centaurs in one gulp before I could even get close. Mrs. O'Leary launched herself through the air, a deadly black shadow with teeth and claws. Normally, a pouncing hellhound is a terrifying sight, but next to the Dracon, Mrs. O'Leary looked like a child's night doll. Her claws raked harmlessly off the dragon's scales. She bit the monster's throat, but it couldn't make a dent. Her weight, however, was enough to knock the Dracon off the side of the building. It flailed awkwardly and crashed to the sidewalk. Hellhound and serpent, twisting and thrashing. The dracon tried to bite Mrs. O'Leary, but she was too close to the serpent's mouth. Poison spewed everywhere, melting centaurs into dust, along with quite a few monsters. But Mrs. O'Leary waved around the serpent's head, scratching and biting. I plunged drip-tight into the monster's left eye. The spotlight went dark. The dracon hissed and reared back to strike, but I rolled aside. It bit a swimming pool-sized chunk out of the pavement. It turned towards me, and it's good I focused on its teeth so I wouldn't get paralyzed. Mrs. O'Leary did her best to cause a distraction. She leaped onto the serpent's head and scratched and growled like a really angry black wig. The rest of the battle wasn't going well. Centaurs panicked under the onslaught of giants and demons. An occasional orange camp t-shirt appeared in the sea of fighting, but it quickly disappeared. Arrow screamed. Fire is exploded in waves across both armies, but the action was moving across the street to the entrance of the Empire State building. We were losing ground. Suddenly, Annabeth materialized on the drakons, Dracon's back. Her cap rolled off her head and she drove her bronze knife between a chink and the serpent's scales. The Dracon roared. It coiled around, knocking Annabeth off its back. I reached her just as she hit the ground. I dragged her out of the way as the serpent rolled, crushing a lamppost right where she'd been. "'Thanks,' she said." I told you to be careful! Yeah, well... Duck It was her turn to save me. She tackled me as the monster's teeth snapped above my head. Mrs. O'Leary's body slammed the dracon face to get its attention, and we rolled out of the way. Meanwhile, our, our allies retreated to the doors of the Empire State Building. The entire army was surrounding them. We were out of options. No more help was coming. Annabeth and I would have to retreat before we were cut off from Mount Olympus. Then I heard a rumbling in the south. It wasn't... The sound hear much in New York, but I recognized it immediately. Chariot wheels. A girl's voice yelled, "Ares!" And a dozen war chariots charged into battle. Each flew a r- red banner with a symbol of the wild boar's head. Each was pulled by a team of skeletal horses with manes of fire. A total of thirty fresh warriors, armor gleaming and eyes full of hate, lowered their lances as one, making a bristling wall of death. THE CHILDREN OF Ares. And said in amazement. How did Rachel know? I didn't have an answer. But leading the charge was a girl in familiar red armor, her face covered by a boar's head helm. She held aloft a spear that crackled with electricity. Clarice herself had come to the rescue. While half her chariots charged the monster army, Clarice led the other thicks straight for the dracon. The serpent reared back and managed to throw off Mrs. O'Leary. My poor pet hit the side of the building with a yelp. I ran to help her, but the serpent had already zeroed in on the new threat. Even with only one eye, its glare was enough to paralyze two chariot drivers. They reared into a line of cars. The four other campers' chariots kept charging. The monster bared its fangs and sh- to strike and got a mouthful of celestial bronze javelins. "'Es!' it screamed, which is probably jack on fur. "'Ow!' "'Ares to me!' Clarice screamed. Her voice sounded shriller than usual, but I guess it wasn't surprising given she was fighting what she was fighting. Across the street, the arrival of six chariots gave the party ponies new hope. They rallied at the doors of the Empire State Building, and the enemy army was momentarily thrown into confusion. Meanwhile, Clarice's chariot circled the dracon. Lances broke against the monster's skin. Skeletal horses breathed fire and whinnied. Two more chariots overturned, but the warriors simply leaped to their feet, drew their swords, and went to work. They hacked at chinks in the creature's scales. They dodged poison sprays like they'd been training this for all of their lives, which of course they had. No one could say the Ares campers weren't brave. Clarice was right there in front, stabbing her spear at the dragon's face, trying to put it out its other eye. But, as I watched, things started to go wrong. The dragon snapped up one Ares camper in a gulp. It knocked aside another one and sprayed poison on a third, who retreated in a panic, his armor melting. "'We have to help,' Annabeth said. She was right. I'd been standing here frozen in amazement. Mrs. O'Leary tried to get up, but yelped again. One of her paws was bleeding. "'Stay back, girl,' I told her. "'You've done enough already.' Anbeth and I jumped onto the monster's back and ran towards its head, dr- trying to draw its attention away from Clarice. Her cabin mates threw javelins, most of which broke, but some lodged in the monster's teeth. It snapped its jaws together until its mouth was a mess of golden, with, of green blood, yellow foamy poison, and splintered weapons. You can do it! I screamed at Clarice. A child of Ares is destined to kill it. Through her helmet, I could only see her eyes, but I could tell something was wrong. Her blue eyes shone with fear. Cari- Clarice never looked like that. She didn't have blue eyes. Ares! She shouted in that strangely shrill voice. She leveled her spear and charged the dracon. No! I muttered. Wait! But the monster looked down at her, almost in contempt, and spat poison directly at her face. She screamed and fell. Clarice! Anbeth jumped off the monster's back and ran to help while the other campers tried to defend their fallen counselor. I drove Riptide between the two creature scales and managed to run its attention on me. I got thrown, but I landed on my feet. Come on, you stupid worm, look at me! For the next several minutes, all I saw were teeth. I retreated and dodged poison, but I couldn't hurt the thing. At the edge of my vision, I saw flying chariots on Fifth Avenue. Then someone ran towards us. A girl's voice, shaken with grief, cried, No! Curse you, why? I dared to glance over, but what I saw made no sense. Clarice was lying on the ground where she'd fallen. Her armor smoked with poison. Annabeth and the Ares campers were trying to unfasten her helmet, and kneeling next to them, her face so blotchy with tears, was a girl in clamped clothes. It was Clarice. My head spun. Why hadn't I noticed before? The girl in Clarice's armor had been much thinner, not as tall. But why would someone pretend to be Clarice? I was so stunned. The dracon almost snapped me in half. I dodged, and the beast buried its head in a brick wall. Why? The real Clarice demanded, holding the other girl in her arms while the camper struggled to remove the poison-curled helmet. Chris Rodriguez ran over from the flying chariot. He and Clarice must have ridden it here from camp, chasing the Ares campers who'd mistakenly followed the other girl, thinking she was Clarice. But it still made no sense. The dracon tugged its head from the brick wall and screamed in rage. Look out! Chris warned. Instead of turning towards me, the dracon worded... Whirled towards the sound of Chris's voice. It bared its fangs and to the group of demigods. The real Clarice stood looked up at the Dracon, Her face filled with absolute hate. I'd seen that look, that intense, only once before. Her father's Ares had worn the exact same expression when I'd fought him in single combat. You want death? Clarice screamed at the Dracon. Well, come on! She grabbed her spear from the fallen girl. With no armor or shield, she charged the Dracon. I tried to close up the distance to help, but Clarice was faster. She leaped aside at the monster's, as the monster struck, pulverizing the ground in front of her. Then she jumped onto the creature's head. As it reared up, she drove her electric spear onto its good eye with, no, with such force it shattered the sca- shaft, releasing all of the magic powers inside of the weapon. Electricity arched the creature's head, causing its whole body to shudder. Clarisse jumped free, rolling safely to the sidewalk as smoke boiled from the Dracon's mouth. The Dracon's flesh dissolved and it collapsed into a hollow, scaly tunnel of armor. The rest of us stared at Clarisse in awe. I'd never seen anyone take down such a huge monster single-handedly, but Clarice didn't seem to care. She ran back to the wounded girl who'd stolen her armor. Finally, Annabeth managed to remove the girl's helmet. helmet. We all gathered around, the Ares campers, Chris, Clarice, Annabeth, and me. The battle still raged along Fifth Avenue, but for that moment, nothing ex- except our small circle and the fallen girl existed. Her features, once beautiful, were badly burned from poison. I could tell that no amount of nectar or ambrosia would save her. Something is about to happen, Rachel's words rang in my ears. A trick that ends in death. Now I knew what she meant, As, and I knew who had led the Ares cabin into battle. I looked down at the dying face of Selina Bordegard. And that was the sad end of chapter sixteen. Um. Well, I mean, that's sad. Nope. sucks that she had to die. I suck at I suck at this. I just said, ah, sad she died. No, but that was pretty brave though. Imagine charging a ginormous snake-looking guy, um, knowing you full well can't physically defeat it, and you will probably die. Because Selena has said a couple of times she's not a very good fighter, which makes sense if she just wants to ride Pegasi. So, um, yeah. I just talked for another minute of what I said was so stupid. Uh, somebody somebody take over, I'm not very good at this, um, thank you guys for listening to this episode of me reading Perse- I just even messed up that, I've been saying that for months, thank you guys for listening to me read this chapter, and, um, yeah, I think we might make it to, um, 10k, within, uh, before the 16th, but, uh, with that note, on that note, Isaac,